We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything. Lakers, well, did not go the way the Lakers hoped it would against the Milwaukee Bucks, a very good team, but the Lakers got dominated for most of the game. Had a little bit of a comeback in the fourth quarter, tried to make it just a bit exciting for the fans at Crypto.com Arena, who frankly didn't have a whole lot to cheer for on this night. So we'll break down a little bit of the game, but I have a feeling we're also going to talk just a little bit of trade as well joining me is sean davis from lakersnation.com sean how are you doing i i feel heartbroken trevor i think in the last post game show matt was ha having all of his relationship analogies and i fell for it i fell for it i got my heart broken again so that's on me man i gotta be better what you you fell for the the comeback yeah, I think we got down to like 10 or like five minutes left. I'm screaming on my TV, let's go. And then I think one of my buddies texted me like, Sean, stop it. It's over. <laughs> yeah, we, we knew that it was it was not going to happen. Well, you saw what happened. As soon as the Lakers started to get anything going, all the Bucks had to do was just give the ball to Giannis. Giannis was fantastic. Uh, as usual, when he plays the Lakers, yeah. he suddenly starts being able to hit threes and hit all of his shots. And 44 points, 14 boards, 8 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. For Giannis, I mean, for whatever reason, his jumper, he was 17 of 20 from the field. His shooting just goes through the roof whenever he's playing against the Lakers. I know, nationally televised game, maybe he just gets up for, for nationally televised games. But whatever it is, could also be, eh, maybe the Lakers' defense not so great. But 44 points for Giannis, 21 for Chris Middleton. The Bucs had, had almost 80 points at, at halftime which is ridiculous. They had 78 at halftime. The Lakers, meanwhile, you had Anthony Davis give us 22, 9, and 4 with three blocks, which is fine, but just not when the Bucs are going crazy. LeBron, 27 points, five boards, eight assists. Uh, Russell Westbrook, 10 points, 10 boards, five assists, one block, 26 points for him, or 26 minutes for him. Did not play in the fourth quarter again. Three for 11 shooting. Did have four turnovers. Uh, we got to talk about the boos at Crypto.com Arena as well because those were a thing once again. 20 points for Malik Monk. Five assists as well. 
Uh, not a great shooting night, 7 for 16, 3 for 10 from 3, but again, did knock, knock in 20 points. And then uh, Stanley Johnson, surprising offensive burst, 16 points, 6 boards, uh, 7 for 13 shooting. I guess let's let's start here. Are we at a point now where the Lakers right now, is it, I mean, the Bucks are just a better team. Is that is that the, the main point of analysis here? It's just the Bucks were better than the Lakers tonight, significantly better. They saw a little bit of shooting regression in the fourth quarter, and the Lakers caught up a bit, but just a little bit. <laughs> but it was probably also the Lakers or the Bucks taking their foot off the gas. The Lakers are just not in the same tier as the Milwaukee Bucks right now. Yes, and it's not even like if we're being honest. I think you can make a legitimate argument that at full strength, the Lakers are at least on par talent-wise to the Milwaukee Bucks. But the Bucks do all the little championship-level details on both sides of the floor, setting great screens, uh, talking on defense. Because, I mean, if you watch tonight's game, it's some plays where the Lakers just don't communicate defensively. And that's why a lot of the problems the Lakers do have on the defensive end of the floor are that bad because they don't talk. Um, so, yeah, the Bucks were just a better coach team. They got every loose ball, and they did all the little things that a championship team does and that is very apparent the lakers aren't even near that level yet the bucks definitely look like a team that's been together for a long time and, and they certainly have the lakers look yes. but again the lakers shouldn't look this discombobulated this far into the season right yeah. but still the bucks look like a team that that knows exactly where to be at all times how effortless it was for them to find mm -hmm. open three-point looks on the offensive end of the floor it seemed like every single time the lakers made even a hint of a mistake the Bucks were finding that, exploiting it, oftentimes getting an open corner three. Yep. Bobby Portis had 20 points on the night, uh, a lot of it from corner threes. So with this, with this type of team, I talk about this all the time. The best teams in the NBA punish you for your mistakes. Not only recognize that yep. they don't even see the mistakes or don't just see the mistakes that you make, but they punish you for them. The Bucks are one of those mm -hmm. teams that will do that. Some of the other teams in the NBA, some of the lower tier teams, they might recognize when you make a mistake, but they don't quite process quickly enough how to punish you for it. The Bucks will do it, and that's where you can really see the cracks in a defense, and we certainly saw that tonight because the Bucks found pretty much whatever they wanted on the offensive end almost all night. Yeah, not only is it because you have a legit superstar in Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's maybe the best player in the league. I'm not here to debate that. But you also have a really good coach in Mike Boonholzer, who is a championship-level head coach. And they read a lot of different stuff offensively. I was like, okay, wow, yeah, there's no chance this Lakers defense is stopping that. Like, they ran like a beer set, and basically a beer, I'll quickly explain this for the guy who's saying the screen, instead of setting it, he like slips it and goes sets a pin down to get a wide open three. They, they ran that in the second quarter. I'm like, oh, crap, yeah, the Lakers aren't prepared for that. So, yeah. Yeah, the, um, again, this Bucks team, they're well coached. They've been together for a while, and... They're the defending champs for a reason. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Somebody said Lakers defense equals Chiefs defense. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, right. There is there is this little event happening this weekend in L.A. So that's something that's, um, that we can we can certainly. Did you see Debo? Was that the game in, in uh, Crypto.com Arena? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about... Um, I, I'm thinking the Lakers should have just given him a jersey. Just put one... And then give him the ball and see if any... Nobody can stop him on the football field. Let's see if anybody yeah. can stop him on the basketball court. Couldn't hurt. Yeah. Couldn't hurt. 
That might uh, let's talk about the the starting lineup because this change this change. I know Trevor Reza played a lot last game. Yeah, Frank Vogel apparently bought into that, and now Trevor Reza took Stanley Johnson's spot in the starting lineup. The, the starting five was AD, LeBron, Ariza, Monk, and Westbrook. What do you think about that change? Also, the shortened rotation. No Kent Bazemore tonight. Instead, it was just Stanley Johnson, Avery Bradley, Austin Reeves, and THT coming off the bench for the Lakers. I don't mind the fact they shortened the rotation to a nine-man rotation because regardless – it's going to be at least a 10-man rotation when Carmelo Anthony does return from his injury. Um, I don't like Trevor Ariza starting. I was really puzzled by that because Frank Vogel has said as recently as maybe two weeks ago that he doesn't want to change the lineup so frequently, especially when guys are healthy, so that you can have like some level of consistency. And I get it. Trevor Ariza played a lot of minutes. He played pretty solid against the Knicks. But that doesn't mean that, like, okay, you have one good game rather you have one good game and you just take stanley johnson out which really contradicts what you just said maybe a week or two ago so that really puzzled me but i don't mind i'm showing the rotation to nine because again it's gonna likely be a nine or a ten man rotation when carmelo Anthony does return and i thought it, on the surface the idea of putting in a reason just super long arms to try to contest a little bit at the rim with Giannis maybe that's not a bad idea but then the Bucks got like yeah. all of their points in the paint right from the get-go and that completely blew up almost instantly yeah. so I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to Stanley Johnson I don't a reason was fine but I don't think if you think you want night in night out starter minutes on him on him I think Stanley Johnson's more equipped and to be fair Stanley Johnson did play more minutes it seemed like the benching if you will it wasn't he was just moved to the bench uh he was a reserve Lit a little bit of a fire on him. He really got going on the offensive end against 16 points and six boards for him. But I just think he's more equipped to deal with starting caliber players in the NBA, despite what Trevor Reza did for one game. I think that's more of a one-off at this point. Absolutely. I've talked about this in the past. I think Trevor Reza is going to be better suited off as kind of that Dwight Howard role where he doesn't play a lot every night, but there will be games where you need Trevor Reza to play like 25 minutes and that can work because he's not playing extensive minutes every game and that's what you use your Stanley Johnson for having him play those extensive minutes and then you can save Trevor Ariza he'll still be a part of your rotation but when you really need Trevor Ariza he's a little more, he's a little bit more fresh Danny from from LA commented Trevor finally figured out his haircut yeah I went and got it I got a haircut a few days ago it's been a few days you guys you may have missed a previous show or something like that but yes I actually did that um, we are going to get into some trade talk, but I want to mention this because Matthew Optimus Peralta and I have been talking about this um, quite a bit. We're going to do tomorrow, sometime around the middle of the day, we're going to do a Twitter Spaces. Um, and so we'll get that going and we'll have some people come on. Some of you guys can join us, potentially chat with us, and we're going to talk a little bit about the trade deadline, where the Lakers are at, and all that kind of stuff. So just kind of be on the lookout if you're on Twitter tomorrow. Uh, we're going to get one of those going for, um, for tomorrow to talk about the trade deadline. But let's get into well. Ooh. All right, let's. I'm gonna have to listen to that one. That it'll be it'll be fun. We've done them in the fat in the past, and they've always been an enjoyable time. And especially now that Twitter is letting us download the audio from those, that makes it a little bit more useful for us. So uh, so yeah, I think we'll we'll get back into a routine of doing those once again. Uh, let's before we get into all the trade talk, because again, I'm seeing trade discussions going on. In our chat already, which of course, of course, let's talk about who gets the 360 award. Russell Westbrook, uh, last 
last no show, idea. last show, we turned it into the 3611 award. And that was because Malik Monk outplayed Russell Westbrook by that much. I don't think Russ is a consideration tonight, even though he did have 10 boards. It's AD or LeBron in my mind. AD, nine boards, four assists, one steal, three blocks, 22 points, eight of 10 shooting. LeBron, 11 for 19, five boards, eight assists, 27 points. Who are you going with for this award tonight? I don't even know what to call it anymore. <laughs> this award, right? <laughs> If I had to pick, I'm picking LeBron. But if I'm being honest, I don't feel anybody's deserving of it tonight. Um, and I know this is kind of a weird stat to rely on, but LeBron also had the worst plus minus on the team in minus 25 in 35 minutes. Again, that's a really weird stat. But when it's something like that bad in terms of the plus minus stat, it, it's kind of you have to at least mention it. But I mean, I, I, I will mention. And also, Russell Westbrook played well in that second half. Well, that third quarter, he didn't play in the fourth. But I really liked his uh, act activity on the glass and really challenging Giannis. He grabbed a couple of boards from Giannis on the defensive end. Um, but if I had to pick, I'm picking LeBron. But I don't think anybody deserves it, to be honest. I, I'm going to go AD because of that plus minus that you mentioned. And AD got a shot blocked badly by Giannis early in the Fair. game and then was able to battle through, come back. I'm not saying that AD had a great... You know, mm -hmm. we, we always hoped, at one point in time, AD and Giannis was like like two fairly equal a forces that, were, that yeah. were colliding whenever they played against each other. And now that's not the case. Giannis is definitely a, a step, maybe two steps above Anthony Davis at this point. But I thought AD overall had the, the better performance of all of these players. So... AD, I thought, was was fine in this one. It wasn't like he dominated, especially when Giannis was out there. It was very clear who the best player on the court was. But Anthony Davis, I thought, of the Lakers' star players, was the, the best of the bunch. All right. Let's get into some of these Super Chats that are coming in. I know, again, a lot of stuff coming in about the trade deadline. Uh, but actually, okay, let's talk this first. Heather Strandberg. From YouTube, the Super Chat said, I'm upset with everything, but I don't think our fans should boo. We need to support them through thick and thin. So fans were booing, particularly Russell Westbrook had a play where he had a turnover, and then pretty shortly after he had another turnover where he kind of just flung the ball down the court thinking, I think he thought there was no Bucks to oh, down yeah. there, and so he wound up just throwing it straight to the Bucks, right? Yeah. Um, and, and the crowd was booing. There was some boos when Russ missed like a five foot jumper he tried to bank and he, he like he took a five foot jumper and he shot it like seven feet and yeah. it was just yeah it wasn't it wasn't pretty and there were some boos coming down from crypto.com arena so what what are your thoughts should the crowd not boo and just always support the team i mean they were down what like 27 at one point 30 what what's your take on that situation it's kind of hard when you like I don't think it's fair to say fan boo because, I mean, as long as they're not saying anything ridiculous to the players, I mean, they pay their money. They honestly should be able to do just about anything with it within reason, um, especially when you're losing by 27 and the effort that you're displaying is not worth the price of admission. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't really mind. I do understand why that comment was made because, um, you know, yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird when you, when you address fans and stuff like that. So I, I see where that comment's coming from, for sure. I think that you want to be supportive of the team, but fans also feel like they yeah. have to be able to express their frustration as well. Now, if fans were if yep. fans were booing mm -hmm. at times that were just unreasonable, you know, you're you're booing. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's a different yep. story. 
right? But when your team's getting blown out and you've got and you've got that pent-up frustration, especially based on the expectations that, that were coming into the season, I think it's it's reasonable. Now it's you can go too far with it. There's a there's a fine line that you don't want to cross with this. Yeah. But as fans, I think you're going to send the message that you're not that you're not happy. You're not happy with the product that you're seeing out on the court. And you're trying to send the message that you can to the front office, to ownership, about your your thoughts. And so I think it's it's okay, but to a certain degree. I hate seeing Russell Westbrook look like his confidence isn't there anymore. And I don't know how much of oh that is gosh. the fans. You know, yeah. that's that's not a good look either. So I understand the other side of this where it's like, eh, you don't you want to support your players. You want to support the individuals. Russell Westbrook isn't trying to be bad. If Russ was coming out here on purpose, trying to make bad plays and things like that, that would be a different story. He's not trying to be bad, but at the same time, you want to send the message that, Hey, this, what we've seen is not okay for a Lakers team that came into the season with the goals that they've got. Um, so yeah, I, I'm kind of split on it as well. I think you can go too far with it, but I also think it's okay for fans to express themselves. Yeah, and to talk about that last Russell Westbrook thing, it's not like Russ is doing a press conference right now saying, hey guys, yeah, I'm intentionally trying to suck. <laughs> if that was the case, then we have a totally different problems on our hands. But I mean, yeah, I, he's definitely not trying to do that. And yeah, when, when again, when you talk about fans, it gets kind of tricky. Um, so yeah, as long as they're not saying like, or doing anything ridiculous, I mean, <laughs> it's tough. I, I always draw the line at, you never, if you're a fan, just don't like booing is one thing. Cheering is like, that's, that's expected, right? Booing and cheering. Yeah. Just don't say anything that you wouldn't want to say to the player's face, right? Don't, don't do any of that kind of, kind of stuff. That's where, and we yeah. saw that happen in Philly and everything that that's where it just gets gross. Utah. Me. Mm -hmm. Oh gosh! Somebody said they were saying "boo earns." That's an that's a old Simpsons reference. I like it. <laughs> Alan Joseph said, "If Avery Bradley isn't giving us defense, why not play Ellington to provide space and another three point option for LeBron?" So now we're at the point where Avery Bradley's not starting, and now he's saying, "Let's not even give Avery Bradley minutes at all. Just give those minutes to Wayne Ellington." Uh, Avery Bradley in this one played 16 minutes, 0 for two shooting, one board. That was it. One turnover, one foul. What do you think? Do you give Wayne Ellington a shot in those minutes? Yeah. And also, by the way, every Avery Bradley's minutes have drastically declined since he got stripped from his starting role and given to Malik Monk. So, yeah, I mean, even if you don't want to give all those hypothetical 16 minutes to Wayne Ellington, you need some spacing on the floor because teams are legit daring Avery Bradley to shoot when he's on the floor. And that really sucks in the defenders and now there's more tension on LeBron or Anthony Davis or even Russell Westbrook when they when he drives to the basket and it just makes everything a whole lot tougher for you offensively so personally I would definitely at least give Wayne Ellington a shot and who knows he's a he's a really good shooter he can shoot the lights out of the gym and the Lakers need that guy right now because if Leak Monk or Melo isn't shooting the three ball well who else is a reliable knockdown shooter um and that, that's definitely a problem on this Lakers roster. Jason Kelly, teams love beating this team. They know the media will talk about it a ton. It's free publicity. They also know how vulnerable we all are with West Brick. Um, oh, I, to be fair, they blew out the Clippers a couple of nights ago as well. The You've yep. got, 
the Bucks are just they're on a roll right now. They're they're peaking at the right time if this, you know, continues to this surge continues through the remainder of the season. But as far as the recognition, yeah, I mean, look, teams have always gotten up to play against the Lakers. They, that's always been Yeah, this isn't yeah, new. Th- yeah. That has always been a thing. Because you know the eyeballs are going to be on that game and it is going to going to matter. It's going to make a difference. So that's certainly part of this, but I don't think this was like the Bucks getting extra pumped up to play against the Lakers or something like that. Like they just blew out the Clippers too. They're really, really good. And that's just, that's the way it goes sometimes when you're playing against a team that's this good. And that team shoots, they shot, the Lakers were shooting better than 50% from the field at one point, And they were down like 20 because the Bucks were shooting yeah. 70%. Part of that was bad defense from the Lakers. And part of it was just ridiculous shot making from the Milwaukee Bucks. Sometimes teams just have nights like that. Really quickly, there's a comment I want to address basically talking about the question is, can the Lakers run? This is a comment out chat. Uh, can the Lakers run a five out offense without work, some off ball action here and there? Yeah, that would be awesome. Frank, please. I hope you're watching this or somebody on the coaching staff is watching this because now I don't think they would do it because you're taking what. Well, no, you can still go isolation with LeBron or you could go four out one in motion with AD as the one in inside of the uh, the pain area. But. Yes, that would be awesome for, for that question that was in the chat. So I just want to bring that up. That would be amazing. I've got some comments here coming from the Lakers uh, postgame presser. Frank Vogel talking about whether or not he changed the starting lineup. We'd like to find a starting group we can stick with, but we haven't won enough to do that. We've had two terrible defensive first halves consecutively. So we're looking at everything right now. But that's been Frank Vogel's message all season long, has been that they have not won enough, have not played well enough to settle on any particular starting lineup. Um, Russell Westbrook said he takes getting booed by the home fans as a sign of respect. That's an interesting one. Okay. Take, but he, I can't understand. I, okay. He says he will continue to use his platform. This is from Daniel Starkand, our editor extraordinaire. He adds that he will continue to use his platform to do good, regardless of how the fans feel about him says that while he enjoys playing basketball, it's a short time of his life and not the end-all be-all for him, so he's not concerned about the booze. Yeah, I, I like the way it was interesting. Not more I thought about it. I think it's really interesting, and I like the way he's taking that. He says this is, a, is he takes it as a sign of respect. Like, the fans expect better from him. So they know when Russell Westbrook is playing well you know, how good of a player he is in this league. So, I don't know, maybe maybe that's how I'm interpreting it. What do you think about that? I think it's the part at the end. The part about basketball isn't the end-all be-all for me. It's only going to be a small portion of my life. I've got other things that that I focus on like that. That's the part that's going to rub fans the wrong way. Kind of like when Russ when yeah. Russ was asked about, you know, whether or not it was something I'm paraphrasing, but it was he was asked something about, you know, are you enjoying the season or something? And he said, "Well, yeah, because I'm I'm by my family." Right? Like the Lakers are losing, fans are miserable, right? And Russ is saying, "Well, but I get to be my by my family and I didn't used to get to do that," which is a perfectly reasonable answer, but for a fan in this moment, when you're hearing a guy say, oh, yeah, I'm enjoying myself because basketball is not everything for me. I'm I'm focused on, you know, I'm spending time with my family. And so I get to do that because I'm here. So whatever. It's all good. 
that can be frustrating from a fan perspective to hear to hear that kind of stuff that's almost dismissive of what's happening on the floor as though they're sort of checking out and i don't think that's necessarily the message that he's trying to send but a lot of the times that's the, the message that fans hear and so what he's saying there kind of sounds similar to that like well you know basketball's it's a part of my life but it's not everything to me that's not really yeah. what fans want to hear from a player yeah definitely not and Again, I can kind of see where he's coming from, but as you just said, that's not something a fan probably wants to hear. Um, but, and, yeah. And here's the thing. If we look at, at basketball as a job, it, he's talking about work-life balance, right? That's that, And that's fine, right? That's fine. Like, you're supposed to do that. All of us do that. We're supposed to have work-life balance. It's important for mental health and, and all of that. Yeah. But in this scenario, it, it comes across as negative because that's sports. Yeah, and typically you don't hear athletes kind of describe the sport that they're playing as work mm -hmm. because typically they, like, you could tell they enjoy going into the hypothetical office and, like, getting in the gym, putting the actual work in. When, when you put it that way, like, like it, it makes it feel like a chore. Like, uh, I have to go in. And, yeah, it doesn't feel like he's actually enjoying it when, when you put it that way. Yeah. All right. Let's talk trade. Let's talk trade. All right. Send by NFT. Said Russ, THT, and Nunn. By the way, we got news today. Frank Vogel, right before the game, revealed Kendrick Nunn has had another exam. And they are not expecting him until March now. But he's optimistic he will still play at some point this season. That's what he said. Uh, I was part of the interview when he said it. Uh, I was taken aback. I was like, whoa. Because we literally asked Frank Vogel yesterday about Kendrick Nunn. And got a different... And now suddenly today it's he had another exam. And they're not expecting him back until March. He also confirmed, because he was pressed on the, on the issue what's going on with Kendrick Dunn? Did the exam show anything other than a bone bruise? And he said, no, he yeah. said, no, it's only a bone bruise. So in any event, Kendrick Dunn, he, not back now until March at the earliest. He, if he plays. This you, season. you mentioned something earlier and crap, I'm trying to remember what it was. And it, uh, you're basically talking about his player option. Mm -hmm. And if he had played this season, that, you know, you you were thinking that maybe he's not uh, gonna pick that up because he can go back test the market again. And like like you said, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, there's almost no shot he declines that player option going in the next season, which is at what is it, five point two five million going in the next year. Which here's the thing: when the Lakers, oh Bruce Barnes, Trevor, you guys highlighted my comments on. The trade primer post, can you comment on it on here? Uh, what was it? You're going to have to hit me with it again. There's been a lot of comments coming through. But um, I, with Kendrick Nunn, we came into this season assuming he was not going to pick up that option. Now it looks like he's yeah. going to. If he's healthy, he's a bargain at five. There's a reason why we were excited that the Lakers got Kendrick Nunn for $5 million. So knowing that now he's more likely to pick up that option, I think you have to factor that into trade discussions. If there is, if you believe he's going to be healthy, I think that makes him more valuable. 
Because if he's going to be himself again, which again, he hasn't played it all this season, but if he's going to be, you get another year out of him, most likely. Nothing for sure until he actually picks up that option. But still, I think that's got to be a factor if you're the Lakers and you're looking at a trade with him. All right. This hypothetical trade, again, from Senpai NFT, said Russ THT none and a first for Wall and Eric Gordon. Oh, and then it, but then they go further. Replace Frank Vogel with Mike D'Antoni. I can't wrap my head around Vogel playing THT 30 minutes uh, more than Reeves and Stanley. I don't think a coaching change is going to happen. I think if it was going to happen, it would have already happened. I think the Lakers have resigned themselves to the fact that there, there's not another coach out there that's going to come in mid-season and somehow fix this. They're just It's not going to happen. If they make a coaching change, I think it's going to be off-season. But let's get to that trade. Russ, THT, and Kendrick Nunn, plus your 2027 first, and you're getting John Wall and Eric Gordon. Are you doing that? Me? No. I'm not doing that trade. Um because, again, you're literally swapping um, Russ or John Wall. That's a swap. And I already don't feel comfortable doing that because we haven't seen John Wall play in the season. And the contracts are the exact same. So unless John Wall is coming in and being an all-star, then that's a negative for the Lakers. And then I'm already on the on the bandwagon of don't trade THT none in that first for Eric Gordon. I already don't like that trade. So yeah, that's a no from my vantage point. And I think I think you and Ron Gutterman actually talked about that on the uh, podcast. I think it literally said the exact same thing. A, a very similar trade because the John Wall Eric Gordon thing that's been around for a while. Eric Gordon is a name that's out there. I like Eric Gordon a lot. I don't know if I'm giving up all that. Yeah. I think I don't want to undervalue the 2027 first. There's a lot of times where people just say, "Oh, just throw in a pick." That pick. I mean, we're talking about five years from now. Who knows where this team's going to be five years from now? So if I was if I was going to put that in, I'd want to make it pretty heavily protected, and then maybe we could look at it. But that's a lot to give. That's a lot to give. Um, I've got some more comments coming in here. We'll, we're going to do more trade stuff, but another comment coming in here from Russell Westbrook. He was asked if he understands what benchmarks he has to hit in order to be in the Lakers' closing lineup because again, didn't play in the fourth year. Russ said, I shouldn't have to hit any benchmarks, to be honest. I put in a lot of work. I've got a lot of respect for this game. I earned the right to be in closing lineups. Ooh. He said that tonight? Yeah. Talk about contradictions. That literally contradicts. I think we talked, I talked about this on the pod. It's so much easier when you're winning to just say, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to do whatever's best for the team, yada, yada. Because, that, yeah, that directly contradicts what he said after the Knicks game. I think that, and I, I need to go, I, I need to be able to watch the comment. But to me, same. that yep. is, I'm wondering if that is what he really feels. And then the other stuff he said about it being team first and all that kind of stuff is more just him trying to be on his best behavior. Because let's face it, like Russ... He's got another $47 million coming next season, right? Whether he's with the Lakers or, he's or wherever. Gonna pick yeah, he's going to pick up that option. What about after that? What happens after that? Like, yeah. there was a point where Carmelo Anthony was out of the NBA because teams, teams believed that he was talented, but he would not be able to adapt to a bench role. Teams believed he couldn't mm -hmm. be a role player. Dwight Howard was this close to being out of the NBA until DeMarcus Cousins got hurt. It took DeMarcus Cousins getting hurt for Dwight Howard to get the opportunity to prove that he could be a role player. 
team, at a certain point, we talked about this last time, the juice isn't worth the squeeze anymore. You hit a certain point where the stuff that comes with the player is no longer worth it, and the player might be talented, but teams say, no, we're not going to deal with that stuff. I wonder how much of it is Russ understands where he's at right now, and so he says the right things, and then every once in a while you get little bits like that where you just go, oh, that was not the right thing to say. But I wonder if deep down that's what he really thinks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and again, going back to my original statement, it's kind of telling that this is coming out after a 15-point loss, so they're down by 30 at one point. Because, again, it's easier. Like, like if I'm winning, but I feel that, you know, uh, I deserve to be in, I'm not going to say that because that comes off as selfish, and we just won the game, and Coach benched me. So I'm like, okay, you know, whatever's best for the team, yada, yada. But if we lose and get our butts kicked to lose by well, we were down by 30, lose by 15. Yes, he's probably frustrated. And then he says that in the postgame. It's not really surprising to me. But again, like you said, it's definitely something that we'll, I'll have to watch to kind of get a better sense of. Yeah. that's It's a little bit concerning. He also apparently made a comment about um, how he went over and talked to Anthony Davis and LeBron and was trying to console them. And he made a comment about, I wish I could have helped you, but I wasn't in the game in the fourth when they were training to mount that comeback. Anyway, again, I don't I don't want to jump to conclusions. <laughs> no way he said that. The way that you say things can matter and context can matter. And sometimes these get put into the middle of a bigger quote that has a and it changes the meaning. So I don't want to assume that's what Russ is saying or that Russ is trying to give that impression. It definitely sounds negative. It, it definitely sounds a little bit, to, a bit oh, tone man. deaf, tone deaf from, from Russell Westbrook. But again... That's at first glance. I need to go back and actually see the clip before we make any any assumptions about how he said it or anything like that. The chat is saying that's how he said it, but again, I want to see it for myself before no I No way that's real. No way that's <sighs> real. All right. You're making that up, right, Trevor? You have I, to be. Come on now. I wish. Um, I've got a comment here that said, looks like the Bucks used a cheat code for their three-pointers. They, they were doing a great job getting those. Um, they, they're just, just creating open threes. They, they just picked apart exactly what the Lakers were doing. Better coaching. Andre said, Trevor, which team outside the Lakers has had an entire new roster from the previous season and how many of them are playoff contenders? I can't think of any team off the top of my head that blew it up to the degree that the Lakers did after having what was a successful season when they were healthy the season before. 
and then immediately jump to become a contender. I mean, the Nets, when they added pieces, got good really fast. I think back to the Boston Celtics, the big three days when they brought in Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen, that took off really fast. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, that's teams that brought in, like, star-level players. I can't think of many teams that really had a huge overhaul and suddenly everything clicked instantly aside from the 2020 Lakers. But at the time, we even said they are yeah. the outlier. They are not the norm. Teams that are new, that are put together quickly on the fly, they they usually have chemistry issues. It takes time to build that. The 20, the championship Lakers, that is not the norm. They clicked instantly and came out of the gates firing and were the one seed for a good chunk of the season. But that, again, that's not normally what you see happen with, with basketball teams. And I just want to chime in there. A big reason why that is is because they had insane level of buy-in to what Frank Vogel wanted. And granted, again, as we've said multiple times in recent weeks and throughout the season, that roster and even last year's roster to a degree made sense on paper. Right, So you had guys that could shoot the ball, that could play defense, so you have LeBron and AD, and then you have a defensive coach, right? and everything kind of lined up, and it made sense. And then you had the buy-in, not only from your veterans, but from your young guys, like KCP, I guess he was kind of getting up there. He was kind of bad at that point, though. Kuz, Alex Caruso, and your other guys, you had a buy-in level, not only from those guys, but also from your stars. And, I mean, look at this year. There's just not that buy-in on really either side of the floor anymore. And that's, that's what happens when you lose. We say winning cures all. It wouldn't be a problem if the Lakers were winning. Uh, yep. Dre Johnson, I'd rather have that fourth quarter team start than the Vogel regular lineup. We lack that energy and spacing. Russ being on the floor doesn't help. So again, Russ not being part of that fourth quarter lineup. He's saying, go ahead and, and play that group. Play the fourth quarter group without Russ, and you're probably better off for it. Um. Andrew Escamilla said a lot of loud mistakes adding up. I don't trust the team instinct in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, look, the the, the countdown is on here, right? The playoffs are not that far away. We've got the all-star break coming up. They're really not. But the playoffs are going to be here sooner than later, and this Lakers team definitely doesn't look ready for them right now. Not, not as things are at this moment. I don't see them making a deep playoff run right now. Yeah, what are, where are we, 26 and 29? So you only got a couple dozen games left in the season, maybe a little bit more than that, actually. But And then you're going into the playoffs. So, yeah, uh, as the way it looks right now, I think somebody commented 25 games. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, yeah, Lakers definitely don't look like a team that's getting ready for a, a deep postseason run at this moment. Hopefully things do change, though. Esham, 976. Keep benching Westbrook. Westbrook, it shows you can't trust him. Rich Paul says John Wall is ready to go. Westbrook was once good, but trash now. So he's saying make the trade. Go get John Wall. Here's the thing, though. What we've heard so far is that the Rockets want the first. And this is, I put out there on Twitter earlier today, no trade is better <laughs> a lot of than backlash. a bad trade. And I had some Lakers fans yes. angry. I had some Lakers fans saying yes, absolutely. And we're going to get into this a little bit about whether or not it's even worth making a trade worth sacrificing future assets for a trade but in general if you're the lakers you got to be careful because there's a lot of teams out there that are looking every team really is looking at the lakers as a team that's desperate 
They're desperate. And so every yep. team is going to say, well, you're in big trouble right now. If you want anything that's going to help you out, we need your 2027 first. That's what every team's going to ask for that. No one's going to be willing to give the Lakers a deal. And so fans are pushing for the Lakers to do something. Look, uh, Ron Palika was there in the arena. He heard the boos. He knows Got what's going on. Phone call. There is pressure on the front office to do something. The scary part is if you do something just to say, look, I tried something. A lot of the times that can actually hurt you. People look at the Lakers and say they have to make a trade because it can't get any worse. It can get worse. It can get worse because you can make moves that will perpetuate the problems that are existing right now. So you have to be careful if you're the Lakers not to get taken advantage of by another team that sees that you're desperate. That's what we're looking at right now for the Lakers. And that's why, and I don't want to see them not make a trade at the trade deadline. I'd love to see them pull off a move. I think they need to mix things up. There's certain skill sets on this team that they don't have that they need. They need more wing defenders. They need more guys that can hit threes. They need to make a move. But again, teams are going to look to prey upon them because of the current situation. And if the only thing that's out there is something that's going to be more painful than it is helpful, then you need to have the ability to walk away and not do anything, even knowing that it's going to create a backlash in the fan base. Yeah, so don't pull a Trevor Lane and uh, say no trade, no, uh, no trade's better than a bad trade, even though I, I do agree with you. Because, I mean, so basically, we're, fans are so desperate for a trade. Well, if the Lakers traded LeBron James for a second round pick, there's that's a trade for you. But obviously, that's not a good trade. So, Correct. yeah. Bad example on that, my part. That's a very extreme example. Um, KM said, Trevor, should the Lakers trade yeah. Russ for Kyrie Irving? Kyrie can't play home games in L.A. So, I'm in. <laughs> but I, I don't uh, and yeah. I, I don't think the Nets are going to do that trade. Um, I haven't even looked at Kyrie's contract because I haven't considered him being, being moved. But uh, the Jammy said, Lakers offense is so stagnant, no off-ball movement and no flow. Defensive rotations are atrocious, atrocious. They kept us on our heels with movement. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the Lakers stagnation was e on offense was even more apparent because of the ball movement from the Bucs. Um, it, it really, it, the, the comparison was very stark. So, uh, J23, hey, yeah. Trevor, what's your realistic trade package? The Lakers' realistic trade package is THT, Kendrick Nunn, and the first. And the first, that's that's it. That's their outgoing package, and that's hit the you know beat a dead horse. But that is one of the consequences of the Russell Westbrook trade. The Lakers knew midseason if things were going weren't going well, they weren't going to have an easy time fixing this. If a team doesn't like Taylor Horton Tucker, they can't say, oh, well, if you don't like THT here, we've got a similar size contract in Kuzma that we can offer you or KCP or whoever. You don't have those guys. So it's THT, Kendrick Nunn, and that's it. Otherwise, you're probably talking about moving a contract in order to free up a roster spot. I think those are the two things the Lakers have to weigh. What can you get for THT, Kendrick Nunn? Maybe a pick. Maybe it's a second round pick, depending on who you're going after. And then... It's all about, about can you open up a roster spot? That's what I see realistically the Lakers doing at the trade deadline. And if we're being even more realistic, it's probably just clearing that roster spot. So you can be a player on the buyout market, which really quickly, Trevor, have you seen the Tristan Thompson rumors after being included mm -hmm. in the Kings trade? 
that he might get bought out. Would you consider that, or do you think that would be kind of contradicting what the Lakers are doing, playing Anthony Davis at the five? And you already have Dwight. Uh, if it means that if DeAndre Jordan's on his way out, yes, why not? Why not? It's not he's not going to be worse than, than DeAndre Jordan has been. I don't know that you need another big, but if he's out there and he says, hey, I want to yeah. come back and play with LeBron again, and people are saying, no, Tristan Thompson, is he is he better than DeAndre Jordan? That's all, that's all I'm looking at. I'm not saying is he a great player, and I'm not saying he'd be my first option either. I'm saying if you don't get anybody else on the market yeah, yeah, and he's willing to come and you've got an open yeah. roster spot, why not? All right. Quinn Hughes. We need John Wall for Russ. Worth a shot at least. Sure. Look, if, if the Rockets called up and said, straight up, we think we we think Russ oh, is going to take up. a buyout. John Wall won't. Let's just flip-flop him. Cool. Okay. Sure. Because there's no change contractually for the Lakers. It's the same contract. So you might as well, right? The Rockets won't do that, though. They want something in return. And specifically, they want the Lakers 2027 first to flip-flop those two players. But If they moved off their buying, their asking prime of a first in, in exchange for a second, maybe even two seconds, would you do it? I, and for a second, I think you maybe just say, okay, that's not that much of an asset. Maybe it's worth it just to just to try something just to give it a shot. I, yeah, we don't know. We don't know what John wall is or isn't at this point. We haven't That's seen him play in like a year, yeah. but again, I keep going back to, if anybody is going to know the health of John wall, it's the Lakers because he's a clutch sports guy. I'm sure rich Paul has told them exactly where John wall is at in terms of his capabilities. Uh, JD Lakers. Do we have any chance to land Dame? No. I mean, that's, that's, that's about it. No, <laughs> Worth no, a shot. Um, they don't. I've had a lot of people today sending me trades for for Damian Lillard with Russell Westbrook going to Portland. The Blazers would hang up the phone before you could finish saying the name Russell Westbrook. Like it, it's it's an automatic no. It's not happening. If the Blazers are going to trade him anywhere, which by the way, I think when I talked about all this about this today with uh, Keith Smith on the front office show, I think the Blazers have put themselves in a really interesting spot where they basically have to take. The minor stuff, I, I think they got, they did not get nearly enough, especially in the Norman Powell trade, but also in the, the CJ McCollum trade, they have to take that stuff that they got, the cap space, the picks, you know, whatever, Josh Hart, and they have to flip that for stuff that can help Damian Lillard win next season. Like they have to do that by this summer. That's a tough spot to be in. And if they don't, I think they're going to wind up um, having to maybe get a trade request from Dame. And at that point, maybe he's on the market. I don't see the Lakers getting him, though, because I don't think the Blazers, number one, are going to want to give Damian Lillard to the Lakers. And then, number two, I don't think the Lakers have the assets to to get him. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, tonight, Bradley, THT, Russ went four for 16 with seven turnovers. Get these guys out of here, along with Bazemore, Ellington, Jordan, and the fictional nun. He doesn't even think he's a real person. That's half the roster. He, he That's called, half the roster. He called Kendrick nun fictional. He said he's not even a real person. Oh, my goodness. Uh, look, the problem is, who wants what the Lakers are selling? Like, who's seen a Taylor Horton Tucker had a nice turnaround jumper on the baseline. But who's seen Taylor Horton Tucker throughout the season and said, yes, 
I will give you good things for that guy. That guy, that, I, I need that guy on my team. Or any of those guys that you just mentioned. The problem is, Lakers fans, sometimes our reaction is, oh, this guy's not playing well. Trade him. Get rid of him. Well, who wants him? If you're frustrated with him and you want him gone, what team is going to give you anything for that player? That's the problem. That's the problem. You've had a yeah. lot of guys who have underperformed for the Lakers this season, so their trade value is not there. Somewhere in some alternate timeline, you've got a, a THT's killing it, and Kendrick Nunn was healthy, and then the Lakers have some serious trade discussions because you're looking at two good young guards that you could package together with a pick and go get something. But that is not the way things went down, and so it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to find a good deal. Yeah, we, we we might need Doctor Strange to uh get the other version of THT from Universe <laughs> X and you know insert him into this one. Thought that would be nice. AVB AD giving up on threes. Has Monk ever been to the weight room? Uh, Anthony Davis no three shot tonight. Well, he hasn't been making them. He hasn't been making threes this season. That's it's his mid range shot kind of came back, but the the um, the threes have not been falling. And then Malik Monk, look, yeah, he's he's slight, but I'm not going to complain about him. He's been he's been fantastic, been fantastic overall for the for the season. Also, the chat is continuing to confirm that the Russ interview was as bad as it sounded. Mm, so, man. yay. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, our Lakers Nation chat is also talking about this right now, and they're confirming it as well. Larry Wolfolk, uh, THT for Chris Boucher and Svi Mikhailuk. That's my guy, Svi. Svi Mikhailuk. Um, I don't know if the Raptors are... Why do they well, say yes? The Raptors really liked THT last year uh, when we were talking about the, the Kyle Lowry trade. If the Raptors would do that, I mean, yeah. you probably have to consider it if you're, the, if you're the Lakers. I don't know if the Raptors would do that, though. Uh, you'd have to free up a roster spot to do it, but again, might be worth it. Days, Westbrook, DJ, Bays, the 2027 first, a 2024 second for Harrison Barnes, Rashawn Holmes, or Lamb, and Marvin Bagley. Well, you can't repackage Jeremy Lamb. Once you traded a player, you can't, they can't, it's, I forget, I want to say it's a month. They can't be packaged together with other players. Yeah, so Jeremy Lamb individually could be traded, but with other players, you can't. Um, and Marvin Bagley. Sack is trying to make a push, and they would love for a marketable big three. I don't think... Well, first of all, you've got Sacramento getting Westbrook and still having De'Aaron Fox. So what... That doesn't... De'Aaron Fox. That yeah. doesn't make sense. Which, by the it's way, I mean, Sacramento trading Halliburton, I was shocked when that happened today. But but the other thing Same. is, you're asking for Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes. That That's just not... That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Like, I don't even think they give up Harrison Barnes for that because you're taking on Westbrook and his salary and, and all of that. And, for, I, and I, look, I like Harrison Barnes. I think he's great. Um, he'd be a great fit. I would love to be able to say, yes, that that's a realistic trade. But unfortunately, it's just it's not. How what what, what would I'm, I'm trying to as. What would your reaction be if a Russell Westbrook trade happened at the deadline, as unlikely as it would be? It would be the same level of shock as Ron Gutterman and I had when the Russell Westbrook trade was announced, when it happened. We were in the middle of recording 
our Buddy Heald to the Lakers video because everything was pointing that the Buddy Heald thing was almost done. And in the middle of it, I was in the middle of a sentence and Ron stopped me and said, wait, 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 hold everything. The Lakers just traded for Russell Westbrook. And I went, what? And I put it, we put it out there on Instagram and everything. Um, that would be my reaction again. I would just be in complete and utter shock if Westbrook was actually traded. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. That's an elite video, by the way. It was a good one. We got one today, too. Keith and I were surprised by the uh, the Pacers and Kings deal. So that's in the middle of the the, the video breaking down um, the C.J. McCollum trade. Keith and I got surprised in the middle of a video breaking that trade down that another trade had happened. So we had a good time there. Uh, Eric Yang, should the Lakers go for John Wall? We talked about that one a lot but already, but thank you for the super chat, Eric. Trade Russ for Dave, DeAndre Brown, the pay again. The Blazers would say no. They would hang up the phone before you could even finish saying his name. They would not do it. Ben says, who cares if it looks bad? It's time to move Russ. Need an 18 Cavs type shakeup. Can't wait for THT's potential. Real bad look wasting LeBron and AD's window. So we've talked about the bad optics of moving Westbrook and having to pay stuff to move him when you just gave up valuable stuff to get him back in what, August? That it, that it would look really bad to do that. He's saying it looks worse to waste LeBron and Anthony Davis's window here. I think there's some truth to that, but I also think it's not like you can say, you know what, let's just go out there and make moves. Let's trade these guys. I don't think there's realistic trade packages that help you, whereas that Cavs team had movable contracts, and and that's the difference. Yeah, so I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, that, that team had actual contracts you can move. Like, they traded Isaiah Thomas. Uh, I believe they traded Derrick Rose. They got uh, They traded a bunch of other guys, but they had tradable salaries on the roster. This Lakers team, they have literally only THT and Kendrick Nunn as, as the only guys. Like, the, the Cavs that season, Isaiah Thomas, Channing Frye in that Lakers trade, D. Wade traded, Iman Shumford traded, like, that team, and Jay Crowder, I forgot to trade Drake Cow- Jay Crowder as well. That team had actual tradable salaries. This Lakers team does not have tradable salaries outside of the two aforementioned players. Oh, boy. We've got, we've got some comments oh what here happened? from LeBron James. So, uh, a little bit. Is it about Russ? So, we've got LeBron was asked. This is from our own Ryan Ward. Do I think we can reach the level of Milwaukee right now? He said, no, they're the defending champions for a reason, but still said, no, he doesn't think they can reach that level. That's not a typical LeBron answer. Um, 
LeBron also said, I want to help AD. I want to help Russ. AD wants to help Russ. And Russ wants to help us. Lately, Russ hasn't felt like he's helped us as much as he'd like. We haven't done a great job helping him. LeBron also said when he responding to the frustration of constantly changing lineups, at the end of the day, you still have to go out there and do your damn job. Interesting. So LeBron, not a, not a happy camper right now. Wow. Uh, that's actually kind of surprising. He got 25 or more points again. I'm joking. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, that's obviously warranted. Um, and yeah, Russ hasn't played well recently, but and, and you could say he's in his head. But and and that's what and that's why they say defense travels and why defense ultimately wins championships because you have an off night offensively or multiple off nights, but like mm-hmm. your defense travels, and if you still play with your defensive principles, you should still be good defensively, which can kind of balance out your offensive negativity and. So like if Russ having a bad performance, like, okay, Russ, I'm not shooting the ball well. Let me lock in defensively, doing other little things, maybe talking a little bit more uh, in the back line or, or whatever he's doing defensively. So, yeah, and Russ just has to find ways to supplement the fact that he's not doing very much good on the offensive end right now. And that's well, that and you highlighted that in your breakdown video today, Russell Westbrook, the, the defense yes. has been it's been bad. It's been, I'm sure if I go back, I'm not going to go back and watch this game, but I'm sure if I did, I would see a lot of situations where Russ was just not on point with his off-ball defense. And yeah, uh, Kid Anime said, I think the Lakers should just focus on the buyout market at this point, save their assets for the offseason. So that's kind of the approach of don't give up stuff. For, don't give up your few assets right now to try, try to make a run this season because whatever is out there isn't going to be enough. Just hang on to those regroup in the off season, retool things, then keep whatever assets you've got right now. And that is something that Rob Polinka has to consider. Is there a point where you just say this season is what it is and trying to trade for a piece to help us this season is futile. It's not going to work. Let's just wait until the off season and then make our moves at that point. Yeah, I think that is definitely a really solid option that Rob Polinka can use. And, in the off season, like assuming they don't bring, like if they allow the contract expire, the tradable salaries that they'll have, they'll have THT making around $10 million, none on this player option debt. We're kind of assuming at this point that he will pick up. You have Stanley Johnson and then you have Austin Reeves. And this is assuming Russell Westbrook does not get traded. So you can make something work out of those four. And I think in the off season, that 2028 first round pick becomes available. Is that correct? Uh, now you can't trade them back to back, but after after the draft, yeah, yeah. But then it, you could so. you could do something like the twenty twenty seven pick is top whatever protected, and then it becomes a twenty twenty eight or, or whatever. Uh, Jay yeah. King said Westbrook is a scapegoat for a poorly built small roster, terrible coaching. Get Phil Handy or Mark Jackson. So I don't think we've been saying this all season long. I don't think it's fair to say if you just changed Westbrook, everything else is fixed. No, like, like mm-hmm. no, just bench bench Westbrook and everything else is fine. No, no. Now, has no, Westbrook been good? No, he is not. There are lots of things, though, that have created the Lakers season that they've had. It's not just Westbrook. It's not just the roster construction. It's not just Frank Vogel. It's not just LeBron or AD or whoever. It's a lot of things. 
that combined to create the Lakers season, the injury bug, all kinds of things that we want to throw in there. Um, Westbrook is a part of it. He's a part of it. Does he get more than his fair share of the blame? Maybe, but again, a lot of that is because of what the expectations were coming into the season and because of what the Lakers gave up to get Russell Westbrook and the weaknesses that's created elsewhere on yeah. the roster. I can confidently say the Lakers would be a much better team if they hadn't done the Westbrook trade, that that did set them back. How much better would they be? Just exactly? running back. Like, would they be the one seed? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, injuries are still a factor. All of that matters. But um, I think it's all the things. It's all these things that have added up. It's not any one person's fault, the, the result of this season. And they say you make excuses. I think calling, I think like saying, oh, Russ, that you're scapegoating Russ, because correct me if I'm wrong, Trevor. If you're saying Russ is the scapegoat, you're basically saying all the blame is put on Russ, which I think is not true. But or are you saying that you're, Russ shouldn't be right. blamed at all? Um, which is not true at all because, again, go watch that breakdown. Those are all Russell Westbrook mistakes. Now, again, as you just pointed out, is Russ completely full of blame? No. Do we give credit to Russell Westbrook when he has good games? Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So, no. I, I, I think that that's inaccurate. And the just change, the Mark Jackson thing, again, we talk about this a lot as well. It's either maybe the league doesn't want him back, but I also think at this point Mark Jackson might just be enjoying being a broadcaster for ESPN. We don't know that because we haven't talked to him, but I mean, I think that's doubtful. And then Phil Handy, I mean, if they were going to do that, then why isn't he the head coach now? Because I think that was a rumor at one point. So, I mean. Right. Yeah. Like I said, I think they're, they're going to stick with Vogel through the rest of the season. I would be surprised if he's coaching the team next season, though, based on how the season is going. Uh, Xavier Harp yes. said Russ THD in the 2027 pick for Kevin Love and Colin Sexton. The, the Cavs aren't going to do that. They don't really need, especially now that they've already made their move. Um, to go get Karis LeVert, they don't need what Westbrook provides. If the Cavs were willing to do that, absolutely, you do that. But they're, but Heck they're not. Heck yeah. Uh, Lords of the Sky, as an L.A. native now living in Wisconsin. Oh, man, up in the cold. Games like this hurt, especially against the Bucks. Fans out here like to talk a lot of trash. Work won't be fun tomorrow. LOL, shout out to LN. Really? Bucks fans talking trash? But they it's not like they've been this, like, powerhouse team or anything they were down and out for quite a while but i mean to each their own i guess teams like to fan bases like to talk when they can I, I suppose but good luck up there man hopefully hopefully you don't have to hear about it too much um yeah larry wolfwalk said we aren't winning anything this year don't give up a first for wall so sim echoing the similar sentiment that you don't want to trade away stuff right now for a could be a lost season smart guy right there Ricardo G, I blame Palinka. He traded the championship team away. Bucks remind me of how the Lakers were in 2020. Having LeBron and AD is a cheat code already. Yeah, I mean, to me it feels like they kind of took the chemistry for granted. And because it kind of got spoiled by how quickly things came together with the 2019-2020 team. When I'm, we've been saying all along, that's not what usually happens. And they just thought, oh, well, since this happened this season, we can trade out a bunch of pieces the next season. That didn't quite work out, although that was, I think, mostly due to injury. And so then this season, they said, well, let's trade out a lot of pieces. And that really hasn't worked out. So it's progressively gotten worse as they've made more moves, which is not good. 
Um, the first three quarters, Westbrook was three for 11, four turnovers, still missing layups. There's a reason why we cut the lead in half without him. Fair criticism. Uh, Dre Johnson, is the report about the Heat wanting Ariza back true? I have not seen anything about that. Um, if they wanted to give the Lakers something for Ariza and the Lakers decided, you know what, we, we're not going to do anything here, maybe, but it would depend on what's being given to the Lakers. Yeah, but, I mean, how much are you willing to give up for Trevor Ariza is the question. They're not going to give up a lot, and it's a veteran minimum, so... Coach Bird yeah. said, Russ, if you can't play him late, don't allow him to dig a hole by playing him early. Russ in two seconds for wall addition by subtraction. So you're saying the way to do it is to just not play him at all. See, I don't think the Lakers, unless they find a way to trade Westbrook, I don't think you can get to where you, you need to go without getting better play from Russell Westbrook. And you have to figure out some way to do that. So far, they haven't been able to consistently do it. Yeah, and I mean, Frank Vogel, I mean, I've kind of been a little critical of him lately, but they've done a lot, and it might not seem like it, but they've put him with the second group in the Knicks game primarily. A lot of you guys have clamored for that. Mm -hmm. Putting him with that second lineup, it actually got worse in that game. Um, I mean, I mean, the best that I think I've seen Russ this season is when AD, honestly, when AD was out and you got the little LeBron-Russ pick and roll, or even the when LeBron was out, when it was AD, so I don't know if he's doing now because his confidence is literally shot in the water. But maybe if he can somehow get that confidence back, um, you you go a little bit more, you stagger his minutes and not have him on the floor as the only star on the floor. Basically, have him always on the floor with either LeBron or AD. Now you get the option of the pick and roll game, two man game with him. And AD or LeBron, you just surround them with shooters because if now you can't really help on that and you get to free up the floor a little bit more. I think that's the way to go with Russ at this point, to be honest. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to figure out some way to, to make it work. This and, and it could the answer might be that they don't. It might be that they don't, but might be that I don't yeah. think you can bench him completely. Um, Philip Gong, Rambus is the problem. You know, I don't know exactly what the inner workings of the front office looks like shocker i know but they don't make that stuff public in terms of exactly who has how much power and all that kind of stuff there was the rumor that came out that rambus was pushing for the bigs to play more including deandre jordan fans didn't like that i don't know exactly what the what the problem is within the front office is it rob palenka is it lebron's influence i mean that would just be speculating because we again those are closed doors we don't know exactly what that looks like perhaps at some point that information will leak out and we'll find out more but at this point we don't right now all right, everybody. Let's call it a night there. I appreciate it. Master lock. Oh, we do have to do. Well, the master lock is kind of everybody in this game. In this game, it's kind of everybody. But no. what what would you put in the master lock? Frank. Frank okay. Vogel. Why? I mean, he. Uh, this was just a world-class coaching performance by Coach Bud. And uh, you, you could just see how, how much better the – Bucks offense looks just how much better coach the Bucks were all around and whatever coach Bruneholzer threw I'm not even the biggest fan of him but whenever he threw at Frank Vogel and the Lakers the Lakers had no counter punch until I mean yeah part of his urgency and effort from the Lakers but still Lakers had no like punch back in, in terms of X's and O's and schematically fair enough fair enough I like it um for me it's it's gonna be 
just about everybody in this one. This was this was it was just it was a rough outing. It was just a rough outing for the Lakers. I'm hopeful that actually, you know what? You know what? I'm gonna go with this. Master Lock Rob Polinka. He's sitting in the audience. He's Ooh. watching all this unfold. The master lock goes on Rob Polinka. Unless he can get something done in the next, what is it? It's like 37 hours before the trade deadline. Yeah, something like, yeah. Master lock Rob until he till he gets something done. Then you can get let out of the master lock, Rob Palenka, if he can pull something off that can help the Lakers. Um, one more super chat came in. Uh, Tamal Paul said, let's just focus on keeping AD and Braun healthy and get more minutes into our lineups. I'm still hopeful that if the lineups get more reps, performance would improve. Anything around beyond first round would be a bonus yeah anything if the lakers get out of the first round making the playoffs and get out of the first round i think you're happy i think realistically the lakers are playing the sons of the warriors in the first round if they get through the play-in tournament so i i wouldn't expect them to but if they do get out of the first round that yeah you'd have to be happy with that at this point all right everybody appreciate you joining us make sure you do subscribe to the nba front or <laughs> nba front office uh, subscribe to that one too the NBA front office show over on YouTube, but also subscribe to the LakersNation.com YouTube channel. And don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. Tomorrow we'll do our Twitter spaces chat with Matt, the Optimus Peralta. And we'll take some of your comments and everything. We'll chat directly with you about the trade deadline. Who knows? Maybe we'll see a trade go down tomorrow. Rob did have his phone with him. So who knows what happens tomorrow? Appreciate everybody. Till then, see ya and stay safe.